0: The races of the Microverse have ever felt their fate to be linked to the awesome power known as the Enigma Force. It guided them and protected them through the Time Travelers, the mind-manifested beings conceived in the brain of Commander Arcturus Ran. Now the Time Travelers are gone. No link to the Enigma Force remains.
1: My name is Conrad, along with my co-host Duncan, and welcome to the 25th episode of Stranger by the Dozen, the weekly podcast, where we recap the adventures of Dr. Stephen Strange, Master of the Mystic Arts,
0: 12 issues at a time. How's it going, Duncan? It's going great. I'm doing super duper good, and I'm really excited to talk about the Microverse and the Enigma Force.
1: There's some ridiculous stuff going on in the comics this week, Duncan. I'm not going to lie to you. I can only imagine. You can find this show on iTunes, the Google Play Store, Stitcher, and any fine podcast app. You can contact the podcast at strangerbythedozen at gmail.com. On Twitter at Stranger by the Twelve, at Stranger by the One Two, on Tumblr at Stranger by the Dozen. or on Facebook or Instagram by searching for Stranger by the Dozen. Give the show a five star review and I'll read the review on the air. If you want to read read along with the podcast, you're in trouble because a lot of the uh, comics we're reading this week are no longer available unless you have the originals. Oh, sad. Yeah, the reason for that is this this week we're delving deep into the world of the Micronauts. Ooh. So the Micronauts are a line of toys made by Mego, which are, or I guess released in the U.S. by Mego. Mego is probably best known for making this line of action figure and sort of licensed character toys. Like, they were really early on in creating, like, these sort of, um, uniform body style of character so that, like, they just have one body and then periodically, like, they could swap heads in and out and things like that just to what? make – So that, like so, – okay, so I'm explaining it bad, but here it goes. Okay. No, I mean,
0: I get, I get the idea of, like, a toy that has interchangeable parts, but what does that have to do with, like – is that, like, their thing in the well, comics?
1: No, no. So the thing with the original like, – like, Migo's claim to fame was, like, they make uh-huh. a toy – they, 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 they make an action figure in that one stock body. And so, like, you want to make, like, a Happy Days... You want to make a Fonz toy. So you just pop, like, a Fonz head onto that body and then Fonz clothes onto it. Oh, that's fun. But then if Happy Days folded, like if no one liked Happy Days anymore, you could just recall all the old Fonz toys, pop off the heads, pop on a new head for like Planet of the Apes or something like that, pop on Planet... You know, put Planet of the Apes clothes on the toy... And then sell it back out. No one's the wiser, you know.
0: Whoa, that's crazy. That means that there's probably like some pit somewhere full of decapitated Charlton Hestons.
1: That seems super likely to me, honestly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so in like 1976 or something, Mego wanted to expand, and they and they thought that uh, hey, like sci-fi toys are pretty sci-fi is pretty popular with kids these days. We got to find a sci-fi property to. Uh, you know, release and market and all that stuff. And they chose Micronauts as opposed to, you know, a little franchise based on this movie coming out in 1977 that had, like, laser swords and stuff like that.
0: I think that's the safe bet to make.
1: Indeed. So the thing about Micronauts was they kind of was... They were superposable. They had all these vehicles, and you could sort of mix and match parts of them. So, like, you could put... um like, like, there was one that was like a boat with like um, a propeller and stuff that, that could let it move through water. You could put that propeller on like the big battle cruiser, or the battle cruiser broken into five parts, whatever. It was, it was super customizable, which was a big claim. Their big claim to fame.
0: Wow, not not to get ahead of ourselves, but just in this very first cover of the first Micronauts issue that we're going to be like delving mm-hmm. into, there are accessories abound. Like everyone's got a gun or like a jetpack or mm-hmm, a giant boat.
1: Yeah, they're riding a sweet. They got a sweet vehicle that just fits them and stuff. It's good.
0: I wouldn't say sweet. <laughs> it looks like a rectangle with like a mesh net in the back.
1: Shut up.
0: <laughs> but I will say that their their uh, piloting station does look like some DJ turntables.
1: Mm-hmm. But so that and so of like from what my understanding, the story is then that. A bunch of these toys found their way under the Christmas tree of Marvel Comics writer Bill Mantlo, who then went on to sort of request that Marvel get the license for Micronauts, and they created this huge licensed comic book series based on it that existed well past the life of the actual toys in the stores. And whoa, whoa, whoa.
0: So, like, the toys came
1: first? The toys came first, then the comic book, then the toys weren't you know, stopped being popular and they weren't in stores anymore, but the comic book still continued on for like three or four years.
0: Oh man. That is quite like the diss. (laughs) It's just like, we were based on these action figures and no one even cares about the action figures.
1: I mean, it's kind of like how, um, the characters from like the transformers cartoon continue on in comic books form. Even if those aren't actually transformers, you could buy the stores anymore. You know, it's Uh, not, and like actually transformers and stuff. Uh, the Micronauts comics have found new life in sort of independent publishers, sort of reviving them for new generations and for older generations that look back on the storylines from these comics fondly and stuff like that.
0: Well, that makes sense.
1: It's like there's a you know, there's a certain kind of comic book reader that's like, man, those Micronauts stories from the 80s, that's what you know, I have a lot of nostalgia for that. And that's fine. Uh, I would never insult anyone as I do my own nostalgia podcast about Doctor Strange, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, we're not here to throw shade, unless yeah. those parts where we're definitely throwing shade. <laughs>
1: but so that's kind of the basis of of the real life Micronauts, I guess. Um, in, the, in, in the in in the comic books, the Micronauts are the sort fake of fake life
0: Micronauts.
1: Well, like you know, there's actual toys you can buy in our reality. You know, yeah. But in in Marvel six one six. <laughs> <laughs> micronauts exist as um sized as, as a uh, a bunch of humanoid beings in a subatomic sized universe mostly based around the planet of homeworld which has a couple a, a bunch of different zones and there's just there's a lot going on we we're, we're sort of gonna join them in micronauts 30 a lot has gone on, gone on a lot will go on after we leave. It's hard for me to sort of parse it all just because. It's complicated, you know. Micronauts will occasionally. Yeah. M- Micronauts are definitely canonical to the Marvel Marvel six one six, like a couple. Besides Doctor Strange, they cross over with X Men and stuff. Part part of why I wanted to do the, this Micronauts crossover was because of sort of a funny Micronauts crossover covered on the podcast uh, Jay and Miles explain the X Men, where they sort of where they talk about the, how, how the X Men dealt with the Micronauts and stuff like that. Okay, so um, we'll be
0: seeing Doctor Strange. Hanging out with Micronauts? Oh, yes,
1: okay. yes. Doctor Strange is going to head. going to hang out with these Micronauts. It's going to be real good. No, it's going to be moderate. Um,
0: <laughs> it's going to be super moderate.
1: <laughs> but I think it's sort of an intro. Like, as, as we sort of enter the 80s and stuff, Doctor Strange is going to be in a lot of... He's, he's going to sort of come on in side roles in a lot of things. Like where He's going to sort of be a brooding sorcerer in the background of a lot of uh, stories and stuff.
0: Do you think he's he's like carrying a lot of name recognition? And that's, like, why they, like, have him show up? And like, oh, man, I better check out the Micronauts because they've got Strange in it.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's definitely, it's definitely, like, like he or, like, he shows up to kind of air, add sort of a, a mystical thing. Like, if you if, need if general purpose mysticism, Doctor Strange is who you go to, you know? For sure. Um, and, that, and and that's kind of what he does here. But I think it's still, it's it, it's, it's an interesting thing, just a chance to kind of see what, a Marvel Comics guest spot kind of looks like circa 1981. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Like a big multi-issue event guest spot, especially. So, and, but, but then the thing is, is that since the license has moved on from Marvel and they don't like have the license to print Micronaut stuff anymore, it means that these comics and these stories are sort of hard to find, especially online and stuff like in the Marvel Unlimited app. They'll have listings for comics that they that sort of for for most comics that exist, but they don't have online copies of yet, but there's no mention of any of this micro, of Micronauts at all on the on their site because they can't do it legally anymore, you know. For sure. But hey, all right, enough non-comic book gabin. Let's get to <laughs> the Micra- comic book gabbing. Yeah, let's get to comic book gabin, Exactly. Micronauts 30 from June 1981. Home Sweet Home World. Bill Mantlo and Pat Broderick. Storytellers, writer and artist. Danny Bulandi-Inker. Shelley Lefferman-Letters. Louise Jones, editor. Jim Shooter, editor-in-chief. So we open in India, where archaeologist Martin Vandenberg has found an ancient stone tablet. Oh yeah, tablet! (laughs) Meanwhile, in the dang microverse... They've also found a tablet, but this one is inscribed in the brain of Commander Arcturus Ran. They well, translate...
0: Yep. You know what, tra- no, If I ask questions for every, like, crazy sci-fi thing, we're going to be here forever. <laughs>
1: he's, like, envisioned it, and he's basically drawing an exact copy of the tablet that the archaeologist guy found on, like, this laser chalkboard. Okay. There's writing on it, and it, when translated, it says that basically a time of darkness is coming unless these three magic keys are found. ah, oh, dick. And a, <laughs> a, a, a planet quake soon afterwards uh, reveals that it's definitely time for everybody to go out and get these dead keys.
0: That's clearly what that signifies.
1: I mean, you know, we figured out that he got this message that there's going to be a time of darkness, that there's a big earthquake, so, like, whatever. We got to... Oh. Our cause is just, you know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to, like commend everyone. I think that every character in this comic that has hair, has hair like Kitty from that 70s show. It's
1: it's uh, feathered and glorious. <laughs> I think one guy has a crew cut actually. <laughs> he's like the one. Yeah, he's none the of, odd and out. Yeah, none of our heroes, though. <laughs> uh, so King Argon sends out the Micronauts, which are a specific sort of, you know, adventure team within this land. that includes our, you know, main guy, Commander Ran, and his girl, and the, uh, you know, and the girl marionette, this green bug dude called uh, Bug, this robot guy called Microtron, and this guy with a sweet hat called Acroyer.
0: I already am, like, super down with the Bug. I think he looks awesome. I just, they really, like, spent no time thinking of his name. mm He's Poor kind guy. of a...
1: Bug's like a green insect guy. He's got a helmet with built-in antennae slash boppers. And when he talks, he kind of has like a tick in there. So it's like, sure, why not? Yeah,
0: he's cool. I want his action
1: figure. I think it's out there. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, um, so these main Micronauts, one or two other guys, head out. Meanwhile, a Croyer, one of their team members, says not. Um, says he's not coming on the mission because he's got to make things up to his people that were recently destroyed, apparently, in the story arc before this one. I don't know.
0: Sure. Why not?
1: Yep. So, the first stop is the ocean zone of the Microverse, which is what it sounds like. It's a big expanse of open ocean. There's big uh, fighting fish everywhere attacking them and stuff. As the, uh, as the Micronauts fight off this giant angler fish that tries to eat them, croyer goes to a volcanic cave, kind of thing, where he brands himself a traitor by jamming his face into a volcanic rock emblazoned with the letter T on it.
0: This is so weird.
1: Which is a super metal way to mark yourself a, a, a traitor. And I definitely,
0: this is like the worst way to advertise, like an action figure ever. This is super heavy.
1: <laughs> this is a heavy comic too. <laughs> So the micros meet the people of Sea zone in the uh, land of Oceana. So there's a city called Sea zone in the land. To get there, they ride giant goldfishes and stuff. And they meet the rulers of Sea o- of, uh, zone who explain that they're being attacked by these deep undersea guys. And the Micronauts got to stop them. And hopefully then they'll be able to figure out the key. So they do. <laughs> they, head, <laughs> they put on their breathing uh, on their breathing apparatuses and head down deep under sea. When they finally make it down there, they meet a uh, orange merman type guy who's got a uh, a thing emblazoned on his chest that's the image of the first key. So this guy's got the key, and like okay. we got to deal with this uh, stupid merman who apparently has ill designs on the people of the sea zone above water.
0: Well, I think this comic looks. Pretty rad, uh, but they have the just the laziest naming conventions
1: ever. What? That they're the under the uh, water areas called a uh, sea zone,
0: sea zone, and the oh, land is called Oceana. Yeah, the land's and called the dude Oceana. Is called yeah, like it's for kids, on. buddy. <laughs> I know it's for kids, but like kids can like handle something like a little creative, you know? You like know, you, you know those
1: guys, You know the movie Big with Tom. With Cruise? Tom Hanks.
0: Tom yeah, Hanks.
1: And how he works in that toy company. And all of the uh, and grown ups are like, ah, kids are dumb. Give them this robot that changes into a building, kind of thing. Yeah. I feel like they also made micronauts.
0: That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to just make a burn on F.A.O. shorts. No. But they wouldn't hear it. They're dead. Nah, yeah. Meanwhile, Duncan burns
1: their corpse. And yeah, <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, back in uh, the Macroverse. Vandenberg presents his uh, tablet thing. He can't translate it, but who can? Answer, Doctor Strange. Oh, there he is. And just like that, we go to Micronauts number 31. My body lies over Oceana.
0: Oh, see, this is what I'm talking about, though.
1: <laughs> uh, Bill Macklow and Pat Broderick, writer, artists, and storytellers. Danny Belondi Inker, Joe Rose in Letters. Bob Sharon colors, Louise Jones editor, Jim Shooter editor in chief. So Doctor Strange, who in uh, in Pat Broderick's writing, I think looks a ton like Peter Hooten, the guy who played him on uh, the TV movie
0: from like two yeah. weeks ago. Yeah, his hair is like super done up. Like, like
1: he he's got the super like super curly hair going on mm-hmm. in this in this thing. Um. But so Doctor Strange uses the Eye of Agamotto on the tablet thing to go back in time to the very start of the microverse, where a bunch of powerful, magical dudes who happen to have the same name as Hindu gods are overwhelmed by, like, demon guys. And it leads to this prince, the the, uh, the prince of their realm, using a wisecracking magic sword to shrink the kingdom to subatomic size to hide from the demons, and thus the macroverse
0: is formed. Wait. Wait. Wait, no, if he shrinks, wouldn't it be the microverse?
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's, okay. the, that's the microverse is born. I'm sorry. I mean, They, I they shrunk like, out of the macroverse. We're in the macroverse.
0: Yeah, I'm just saying, like, I wouldn't put it past them. I'm, I'm, like, checking out in the very cover. They've got, like, names for all of, like, the superheroes or whatever. There's, like, Bug, who's, like, awesome. Then there's, yeah. like, Farroid, which it's the dude who's got, like, a pharaoh hat. There's mm-hmm. Microtron, which is yep. just, like, is like so you're like under- that
1: one. Microtron kind of looks like a uh, one of those devices that rewinds VHS cassette tapes to me.
0: Yeah, yeah, or like an old like Sega Genesis or something. Yeah, but red. Uh, there's also Space Glider, which I guess is our our hero for the issue.
1: Yeah, I don't know what's up with that. That guy should be named uh, Cap Commander Ran. That's weird.
0: Something. And then and then the the lady character is named Marionette. Yep. Like, I mean, okay, I don't. What does that say about her? <laughs> like, a, as a contributing member to this team,
1: it says she's got big old uh, guitar picks painted red on over her eyes. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh man. Okay. Anywho, so they all shrunk yep. down to the microverse. <laughs> yeah, where that's sort gaming of. Gaming conventions aren't really like necessary.
1: Mm-mm. So anyhow, Doctor Strange is gonna continue his investigation of this here template because that's or our uh, tablet because that's weird stuff. Yeah. Meet, fair meanwhile, the microverse. Sea <laughs> uh, Zone is at war with the Oceanans. Uh, people are riding goldfish like they're horses. It's pretty sweet. And there's a big old undersea battle with as a uh, people as uh, the Sea Zone guys fight these sea monster guys. It's pretty yeah. cool.
0: I love sea monsters, and this is like a pretty cool payoff for for me at least. Yeah,
1: everything's got multiple rows of teeth and stuff. It's it's fairly dope. Yeah. So, uh, as the uh, as the fights wear, wear on, it turns out that the merman guy from last episode is actually the long lost leader, the long lost brother of the leader of Sea Zone, Lady Coral. Um, there's a lot of talking and background stuff about the uh, <laughs> about Sea uh, Zone, Oceana stuff, but suddenly there's a big earthquake. Yay. and the merman uses his cosmic key thing. To turn everybody into a into a merman.
0: Wait, into mer people, or yeah, what? Not okay. not
1: one big merman. Everybody okay. suddenly everybody <laughs> has fish tails. That's what I'm trying to say.
0: Okay, those goldfish are probably stoked.
1: Yeah, but unfortunately, as as this also happens, the same earthquake destroys the city of Sea uh, Zone. It's a bummer.
0: Uh, well, we can rebuild.
1: Yeah, I mean, people die in the rubble and stuff like that, but mostly. Now everybody's a sea just, person. Yeah, it's just about strangers. There. Yeah, and uh, except for Lady Coral, who goes back to human and goes off on some quest thing, whatever.
0: Wait, did he turn Bug into a, a mer person? Also, yes, Mur-
1: is, Bug is temporarily, at least a uh, a mer person. A mer That's
0: that's rad. He just gets yeah. cooler every second.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so this is where we see that those antennas aren't part of his helmet; they're part of his head, which is pretty dope.
0: Yeah, it almost almost looks like they're coming out of his eyes, but not quite. <laughs> so
1: anyhow, uh, the same. So uh, the merman Aquion eventually adds um, hands over the cosmic key, and yay, Micronauts! We destroyed this city, but we also got the key. So all in all, it's a net positive.
0: Seems like a net neutral. <laughs> no, we we got
1: the key. It's cool. Meanwhile, okay. <laughs> meanwhile, a Croyer follows a comet to his destiny. And Conrad starts kind of regretting that we're doing all this micronaut stuff this week. This week, <laughs>
0: <laughs> at least we don't have to care too much about their backstory.
1: Yeah, you know, it's fun, but it's also kind of like, all right,
0: enough of these micro. I don't know about these micronauts. It's worth it lot- just for the fact that you introduced me to Bug. It's
1: you know, there's some fun stuff. There's some neat monsters going on here, like some yeah. decent like monster fights and stuff. I don't know. But let's go to Micronauts number thirty-two. Yeah, the polar bear fight. Exactly. Uh, Micronauts32, Snowblind, Bill Mantlo, writer, Pat Broderick, artist, Danny Blondie, inker, Gene Simek, letters, Don Warfield, colors, Lee Jones, and Tom DeFalco, editors, Jim Shooter, editor-in-chief. Hey, so now we're on the frozen wastes of Sub-Zero Zone.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Where uh, Prince Peacock of the ice city of Polaria rides his sweet-ass skis and hunts polar bears.
0: This guy's like a goober, but he's got good fashion sense.
1: Yeah, including uh, this one big one, who happens to have a symbol of one of those keys on its chest. He manages to arrow it in the shoulder, and then the bear escapes in a flash of like magic and light and shape-changing and stuff. This shocks Prince Peacock so much that he's frozen in place until the Micronauts find him, and then he guides <laughs> them to the city where they can meet Queen Freya. <laughs> oh, Jesus.
0: This is yep.
1: Meanwhile, Doctor Strange uses the tablet to begin his way to travel to the microverse through the quantum wall that separates them.
0: Please Strange, we need you. <laughs> we need you in the microverse. Bring us bring us your naming conventions from the macroverse. <laughs> So
1: in the sub, so we learn that the sub-zero zone is melting because of the loss of the Enigma Force. Mm. And Prince Peacock believes that by killing the big polar bear thing, he'll save the kingdom. Also, we see that uh Prince Fri- that uh Queen Freya, despite loving a Prince Peacock, who I guess is her her husband or boyfriend or something. Um mm-hmm. it's not it's never made super clear to me. Um but hey, she's injured in the shoulder. Uh oh, the lady could be aware
0: bear, that's all I'm trying to say. What? what? <laughs> how did you get that? You know what? I have another question to ask. And we can Yeah. Do we know how this bear got a key or do we not care? It's just emblazoned on his chest magically, but no, we don't really know. Okay.
1: So I'm gonna chuck that up to don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. Later that night, uh, the micronauts investigate uh, some cave system while Prince Peacock once again hunts the bear. In the end, he kills the heck out of that bear. And then it turns into Queen Freya. Oh, no! Oh, no. She's dead, buddy. It's of ironic. That's a bummer. Yeah. Luckily, we got the next key, though, so it's good times.
0: So they win again. <laughs> now they're just going to leave King Peacock to cry in the snow.
1: Well, now they're going to hang out for a little bit, I think. You know, whatever. Meanwhile, a croire year following the uh, comet thing from last episode, has lat- has crash-landed in some sort of uh, tropical um, oasis kind of thing. Some sort of, like, tropical zone? <sighs> I wouldn't put it past them, honestly. <laughs> so let's go to Micronauts number 33 from September 1981. Tropica! Bill Mantlow writer. Pat Broderick, artist. Danny Volandi, inker. Gene Simec, letters. Don Warfield, Colors, Louise Jones and Tom DeFalco, editors. Jim Shooter, editor in chief. Hey, so uh, a years landed on this planet. Still got that T from when he smashes head into the volcanic rock. Yeah. And there's a uh, a big crazy hairy pink monster thing behind him. It looks bad.
0: It looks like a poorly colored covered uh, beast from X Men. It's true, although. Uh... He looks different from Beast, as
1: we'll see, just because Beast is going to actually be in this comic later this week, later uh, this episode. What? He's in the Defenders, and it's going to be good. Um, Meanwhile, uh, hey, guys. Uh, Snow Zone's melting pretty bad at the moment. (laughs) Though we do got these two keys. Um, The uh, the king of Homeworld, uh, King Argon, is pretty, like, unhappy at the fact that, like, now, two zones have basically been destroyed, and in the in a, in a quest for these keys,
0: <laughs> did they did they make sure to let him know that they actually got the keys? And they it's a it's a win. He definitely holds up the he definitely holds up the
1: keys and says, "Oh, they cost us quite a bit." And they sort of head out as Snow Zone melts and falls into the sea. I don't
0: know what you are talking about. Snow Zone's always been this cold, and it's cold right now. So, you know, melting of Snow Zone is just a myth.
1: All right. All right. Meanwhile, a croire fights this big pink monster guy. Cool. They fight like crazy until eventually this um, kind of fairy lady who's been sort of flying around the whole time darts out and shows up and is eventually like, hey, I'm a fairy lady. Stop fighting, you jerks. And a croire <laughs> like, oh, geez. Like, I'm sorry. I was fighting. And then the fairy lady uh, grants the power of speech. Sorry, your name's Fire Fireflight with a uh, Y, um uh, F-I-R-E-F-L-Y-T-E, allows the oh. uh, acroyer to understand what the pink guy's saying, and they realize that they're both buddies, and they kind of walk into Pink Furry Guy town, essentially.
0: Oh, cool. I like that.
1: Yeah. As they friendly walk their way through, eventually acroyer finds some, some forbidden green mounds, which he cuts open. And inside, oh geez, he gets a message from the time travelers, the mystic enigma force saying like, hey, you're on the right track, you got to find these crazy keys. And then eventually, a Croyer ends up with the final third key, so it's time to uh, get going on this next part of the mission with the keys. All right.
0: And he didn't have to like blow anything up or anything to do that. Nah, he,
1: he barely destroyed a civilization
0: at all again. Yeah, he just fought a dude and then he just kind of talked it out. Yep. He's doing pretty good.
1: Meanwhile, Doctor Strange is slowly making his way through the dimensional gateways into the microverse. Or I guess not dimensional, he's just sort of like shrinking really small and then using that to enter the subatomic solar system of the, um, of, of the microverse.
0: Yeah.
1: He eventually, sure. find,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: eventually finds himself in a uh, deserted kind of tomb looking thing. Like, it's like a dead zone or a graveyard of the world. And he's like, oh, that's disappointing, like, came all this way. And it's just kind of like a statue and some tombstones and all that stuff. Like, what a bummer not seeing the giant, crazy monster that's about to eat him that's coming up from behind him.
0: Yeah, there's definitely like a a spooky ghost about to, like, pounce.
1: Yep. Worst kind of ghost. Spooky ghost. (laughs) And so we go to uh, Micronauts 34 from October 1981. Betrayal. Bill Mantlo, writer, Pat Broderick, penciler, both storytellers, Danny Bolandi, inker, Diana Albers, letters, Bob Sharon, colors, Tom DeFalco, editor, Jim Shooter, overseer. So the Micronauts are uh, blasting on their way back to Homeworld and, uh, you know, the home zone to sort of, like, deal with the, to, uh, because they've had word from a, a Croyer that a Croyer has the third key, so it's like, hey, party time, we're gonna get the enigma force back and all that stuff all right
0: yeah they got some new members also they call that that purple like monster dude the devil which is kind of hurtful
1: yeah they're racer devils man these micronauts they only like their certain approved races i guess yeah so the micronauts are like hey all right like here comes the king with his royal guard like he's come to honor us and then they're like hey like the royal guard they're kind of dressed like stormtroopers that have their guns out and pointed at us, what's going on with that? <laughs> like, and then everybody's being angry, and then like, oh gosh, the king is uh the king is like, you guys are under arrest. But <laughs> like, well, we got the keys. And Aragon is like, yeah, at the expense of destroying like two of the three cities that make up this land. Like
0: Fair I'm enough. Not, you know, I'm I, not gonna let I you can't guys, really fault him.
1: Yeah, like, I'm not going to let you guys keep doing stuff with the keys to destroy more cities, including possibly, like, my own home city. Like, you guys suck.
0: Yeah, yeah. no, like, totally. <laughs> I'm on board, man. I <laughs> get that. You should maybe he let makes, Devil and Bug go. He makes a fair point. But. <laughs> like, how how do they, I mean, we'll hopefully we, we, we will get there, but, like, I don't know how they're going to justify this. And remain the heroes of this story.
1: <laughs> well, the answer is well, you know they start escaping, make their way through uh, <laughs> they they right. know that despite these uh, temporary setbacks, the enigma force must be restored, and to do that, they gotta get the keys into this one part in the dead zone of the microverse, the very same dead zone that Doctor. Strange is currently hanging out in um, and being attacked by monsters in oh Jesus. Oh, goodness. <laughs> it's bad. So, eventually, what with one thing and another, after punching the uh, the king in the face a couple times, the Micronauts merge the three keys together and then begin to make their way to the Dead Zone, even as the king, now in war armor, uh, declares that the Micronauts and all who Befriend them are outlaws and traitors, and nothing shall keep them from his vengeance.
0: Uh, hey, Marvel, how's your superhero team doing? Like, not super good, right? They just got arrested for killing two different biomes, and then they beat up a king who's just trying to protect his people. Like, so, good, 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 good good job. Good job, everyone. Nah, man, he's
1: like, you know, this guy's unreasonable and stuff. He's not seeing the forest for the trees. Whatever, I don't know. (laughs) One way or another, though, let's finish this up with Micronauts 35 from November 1981. Origin of the Microverse. Uh, Bill Mantlo, writer. Val Mayeric, artist. Danny Belindi, inker. Joe Rosen, letters. Bob DeFalco, colors. Tom DeFalco, editor. Jim Shooter, editor-in-chief. So the Micronauts are on the run. They're fighting the king's forces as they make their way to the dead zone.
0: Yeah. Eventually
1: <laughs> eventually, oh, eventually they arrive and meet Dr. Strange. And the two sort of help each other figure out what's going on. And like, here's how we'll recover the uh, the Enigma Force and save your sumatomic universe and stuff. As at the same time, sort of Dr. Strange lets them in on the origin of their universe. Sort of how in ancient times on Earth, some dudes like decided to save... The, univ- the microverse from demons by s- by shrinking it to subatomic size, and you know now the thing that was keeping them at subatomic size from being attacked by the demons is being worn out. and Doctor Strange is here to re- here to recover it. It's a whole thing.
0: Whatever. This whole this whole thing is crazy. Like this logic doesn't make any sense. Like first of all, like are you are you making the claim that devils can't get things that are super small? <laughs> like, yes. It's okay. Beneath their notice. <laughs> Sure thing. okay. <laughs> <Got> anyhow. <that. laughs>
1: um, the King King Argon, yeah, sends out his um sends out his best troops to sort of do one on one fights with the micronauts. They're all pretty cool. There's like a centaur dude and a big bug
0: dude and like
1: Talk some of clam guy and
0: stuff. these are su- these are super cool, but like I just after your like explanation, you know that these are gonna be like action figures. Oh, for sure. Meanwhile, then the demons show up, and we got to fight these demons too. And
1: there's just uh, there's just a lot going on.
0: Yeah, almost too much. Some would say.
1: <laughs> Eventually, though, as the fight wears on, the demons get crazier. Uh, Commander Rand tries to blast the demons with the key, and it kind of works, but it leads to him growing a lot. So that suddenly he's like a six foot, he's like a uh, six inch tall guy on the macroverse on Earth. And he almost gets run over by a car and stuff. Mm-hmm. eventually he has an epiphany about the macroverse and the nature of the microverse and stuff like that and it culminates in Commander Rand and Doctor Strange placing the three keys of power into the um, into recesses on this big temple in the dead zone it summons a magic sword which is pretty cool and greets them as the origin and force and source of the enigma force binds Commander Rand and Doctor Strange temporarily into a super being called Captain Universe. Okay. The two of them fly around for a little bit, and uh drawing on the power of the Enigma Force and the mystic might of Doctor Strange, they restore order to the Microverse, putting the, the Enigma Force back in place.
0: Okay. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sure. There's... These- this this comics insane. This comics is just sh- straight up crazy. Like as as this is complete, uh, the uh,
1: fairy lady fire, fire flight from earlier disappears. As do the demons and the and uh, Microtron and his new ro- robot girlfriend Nanotron show up in the Micronauts interstellar interstellar craft, the Endeavor. The <laughs> Micronauts uh, escape under gunfire. And King Argon swears revenge. Luckily, he's changed into a very obvious, like, Darth Vader super ultra evil suit. So it's not too bad that he's uh, outlawed them and stuff because he's obviously a bad guy. Also, Doctor Strange sort of off panel
0: returns to the normal world. It's fine. <laughs> they can't spend any time on that. Also, no time for it. You mentioned that not only do, like, the villains look like stormtroopers and then the main boss looks like Darth Vader, there's, like, some very, very, like, liberal, like, decisions made for ripping off star wars in these comics they're like there's they're just like a car that looks like a land speeder
1: mm-hmm.
0: they're going pretty crazy
1: with it it's good to go
0: <laughs> i the one the one thing before we move away i just need to make sure that everyone knows like yeah no hey we're we're done with the microverse
1: saga man what do you think about or, or what do you want to say about this micronauts stuff
0: it's pretty awesome right uh you know like it's crazy and like Well, first and foremost, it makes me really uncomfortable that they decided to give, like, female anatomy to the robot girl from Microtron. Yeah, Nanotron. Nanotron is... She's got one eye, a permanent
1: smile, and female secondary sexual characteristics.
0: Yep. (laughs) Um, So that's that's super um, just not good. (laughs) Super (laughs) (laughs) un-good. But I also, like... This just reminded me, like, I am a big fan of, like, those sprawling, epic, like, fantasy movies and stories and stuff. And and I, as a kid, I was a real sucker for any trailer that had, like, a lot of stuff going on and all these, like, diverse, like, imagery, like, throughout, like, the the preview. Yeah. But then oftentimes I would come to find that, like, oh, they're running from, like, location to location so quickly that there's no substance in there. And I kind (laughs) of feel like that this is, like, you know, falling to the same sort of, like, traps as that.
1: I hear you. No, but, I think that's definitely true. They're definitely trying to, like, see a bunch of, like, go to a bunch of these places that presumably no one's ever heard of before in Micronauts and something. we see them, and then they sort of get destroyed in their, in their wake and stuff. The one thing I do appreciate is that at least someone's calling, and that they eventually get called to task for this constant
0: destruction. But Right, that's good. But then they, like, never, all. they don't actually, like, redeem themselves they just punch their ways like more out of the problem yep um, I, so i don't know <laughs> i think I, that like i i love this comic just for the fact that bug looks super cool <laughs> and i think that he's <laughs> a right character
1: yeah i might not I, honestly i might not have done the best justice for the micro for me
0: no you did a you did a perfect job don't just, worry this is just fine. i tr-
1: it's just all this stuff that like i try to read it and it's just full of all this like sort of area jargon and like you know like the, the the opening to this show i thought was a good example of just like it's on the first page or it's, 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 it's on the second page of the first comic we read and it's just all this sort of like sci-fi gobbledygook that's impossible
0: you know yeah no it's all gobbledygook the naming conventions they have are like super lazy and they're just ripping stuff almost directly from Star Wars, don't feel bad. You spent more than enough time on Micronauts.
1: I, just, I, just, I tried to get into it, and I just, like, I started glazing over. It was tough. Plus, Doctor Strange really isn't a ton, which is a bummer. <laughs> you
0: know? No, no. They don't even, like, show him leave the comic. <laughs> he gets, like, a paragraph. Yeah, he's like, see ya. I'm, I'll just see myself out. <laughs> yeah, don't mind me. Exit stage left, even.
1: <laughs> exactly hey so this is a good spot for a break Duncan we're halfway through yeah let's rock and roll alright we'll come back after the break with some great Doctor Strange and Clea action as well as uh, some check ins from characters from last week's huge Defenders story as we see what's going on with Devil Slayer's wife and his junkie friend and how Damon Hellstrom's getting on hell Uh, uh, quick, quick sneak peek He's not doing great. That's a bummer. That's like his, his spot. Exactly. So we'll see you after the break. Until then, we are Stranger by the Dozen.